the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And I'm Jody Sellers from Tall Tales Pod. Woo! That's right, everybody. You've heard the voice of Jody Sellers of the Tall Tale Pod before, back when we did our breast cancer special episode, which was tons of fun. <laughs> Uh, I would say, uh, nice hooters you got there. Oh, that's a little reference to the movie we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we're doing uh, kind of a Jody Sellers episode, if you will, one that he has been really begging to do for a while, uh, and that is we're going to do the 1994 film Dumb and Dumber. Yes. We are also going to recast Dumb and Dumber using actors of today, and then, yes, there was a cartoon from Dumb and Dumber, and it lasted 13 episodes, and no one watched it, including I don't think any one of us ever watched the show, so we didn't care about that. So we're not doing an all Dumb and Dumber episode, we're doing a Jody Sellers episode, and what does Jody Sellers love? Because I can see a wall of championship belts behind him, he loves wrestling, <laughs> and so we are going to do what he and I used to watch, uh, not together, but back in the day, we were both WCW fans, oh, yeah. and so we're going to talk the show WCW Monday Night Nitro or Monday Nitro. I'm excited, man. Oh, yeah. A lot of good times uh, with wrestling and just, you know, uh, there's some characters. I remember, man, because <laughs> we were roommates in college. Uh, you were de- you were you were hard, more hard up into it than me. And in general, you had a big fan of this one wrestler. Uh, he was the best. We'll save it. We'll save it for that okay, uh, section. Okay. We'll save it. But as as of right now, I want my mind to be taken back to 1994. Uh, John, would you please do so? So the movie was released on December 16th of 1994. The Billboard Top 100 single of that week was "On Bended Knee" by Boys to Men. I bet there's a lot of harmonizing in that song. Um, I don't, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I guarantee you, once once we play it and drop it in, I'll know it. Oh, I love yep. some boys, the men. Topping the Nielsen ratings that week is I, really no- I, just, just to let you know. I'm going to edit that out, so it just says Jody says I love boys, and yeah. then it's cut. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I regretted it. <laughs> I've been really trying, baby. Oh, I love some boys. Love some boys. Love some boys. Love some boys. <laughs> Uh, topping the Nielsen ratings that week is really no surprise, and that was ER. Ah, uh, yeah. Huge, huge show. Huge show. Uh, the New York Times bestseller is a book called Politically Correct Bedtime Stories by James Finn Garner. No idea what that one is. Never heard of it. Never heard of it, but I, I bet it, I mean, it sounds like it's kind of either parody or a satire or something that might be kind of fun. Yeah. Right. Uh, video game that came out earlier that same month uh, is one that I've never, I don't think I've ever played, but I've definitely heard of it, and that was Tekken. 
Oh, it's a fighting game. I've yes. absolutely played Tekken. Arcade style, yeah. baby. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Was that the one that had the big, uh, like, the Jaguar head guy? Yes, that's it. That yeah, sounds that's familiar. The one. Yeah. And my last little fun fact about 1994, on March 31st of that uh, that year, uh, Madonna was invited on to The Late Show with David Letterman, and uh, she kind of put the censors up in a tussle uh, when she said fuck 14 times and repeatedly tried to get Dave to smell her underwear. <laughs> Don't do drugs, people. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> this is why, this is why I, that's actually why I went into hosting. Um, so someone would ask me to, to smell their underwear, and it hasn't happened yet, other than that one time Jody did, but that was that was kind of strange. You said you'd cut that out. <laughs> but Okay, all right. Madonna, she, she had to be imbibing that, that, that night, would something. be my guess. Yeah. There was something going through her. All right, that was 1994. All right, now that we are wisened up a little bit in 1994, let's dumb things down by talking Dumb and Dumber. All right, Dumb and Dumber, 1994. It was written and directed by the Fairley Brothers. That's Peter and Bobby Fairley. They have done some other classic comedies, in my opinion. Kingpin, There's Something About Mary, Me, Myself, and Irene, and Shallow Hal, among others. The cast, Lloyd Christmas, is played by Jim Carrey. You know him from The Truman Show, Liar, Liar, The Mask, Ace Venture. It's Jim Carrey, everybody. I don't, I don't need to mention that. You know who he is. Uh, Harry Dunn is played by Jeff Daniels. Now, he... Kind of went, you know, in this time, he was doing a lot of comedies, things like uh, Arachnophobia, even Pleasantville was kind of around this, but he really kind of got more into more dramatic acting, even though we'll mention that there was a sequel to this film um, and a prequel, uh, but, uh, and he did jump on that, but he is, I think, maybe best known for his uh, Aaron Sorkin show, Newsroom, that he has just been, that he really kicked ass on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yep. Mary is played by Lauren Holly. Uh, she has been in NCIS, uh, Picket Fences, uh, and I actually kind of remember her most uh, from the biopic Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. I don't know if you guys saw that one, but she she played the love interest in that film. And she's, boy, is she a beautiful woman. <laughs> I kind of forget just how, like, cute, but, like, attractive yet approachable. I think that's, that's why she isn't, like, too intimidating with some of her looks, and that's why someone like Lloyd Christmas might go, like, you know, wanted to go after her. That's just my thought. Nobody? Just me? Creepy Adam? <laughs> sure. No All right. Sure. No comment. All right. Joe is played by Mike Starr. John, you and I talked about him back on Lean On Me. Uh, he was uh, one of the coaches. He was also in Uncle Buck. He played Putta the Clown. Putta there. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's been in just literally tons and tons of stuff. Character actor. Ever You guys would recognize him if you saw his face. Uh, JP was played by Karen Duffy. I absolutely remember her best from the film Blank Check. She yes. played a kind of a weird role where the kid kind of like went on a date with her. And like there was a weird kind of thing that um, the Blank Check kid had with her in that film. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And she was also in Last Action Hero. Uh, and then Nicholas, our actual big bad, the kind of the man, the man behind the strings, is uh, played by Charles Rocket. Uh, he was the dad in Hocus Pocus. Um, the kids' hmm. dads, if you guys remember that, uh, he was in Dances with Wolves, and actually, he was a uh, weekend update anchor on SNL for a while. He's on Saturday Night oh, Live, wow. and he was yeah, he was. I saw I saw a list of every um, SNL weekend update anchor ranked, and he was dead last. 
I don't remember him, so I can understand why, yeah, why he ranked last. Yeah. It was like 1980 and 1981 or something like that. Right. Uh, now, let's talk a little bit about Why Dumb and Dumber. So, Jody, this is your film. Why did you want to talk about it today with us? Man, I'll tell you, growing up in the 90s, I was a massive Jim Carrey fan. Anything Jim Carrey, I was on board for. So every single movie you mentioned, man, The Mask, uh, Liar, Liar, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, all of those movies were were my childhood because I loved comedy. Mm-hmm. Anything comedy I wanted to see, and that was uh, a huge deal to me. So when Dumb and Dumber came out, I was glued to it, saw it in the theater, and then every time it came on television, once it came out um, in syndication, I watched it every single time. And all I remember about it growing up is always loving it, and my mom always hating it, and not understanding the true comic genius of Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's anyone in the world who, besides your mom, who doesn't <laughs> understand the comic genius of Dumb and Dumber. So, John, what are your thoughts on um, the movie and, and how you came to it? Uh, I remember watching it uh, 94, probably would have been in middle school. Pretty sure I saw it in the theater, uh-huh. probably with friends. That's about as much as I remember of my first experience with the movie. I remember seeing it on TV a lot. I'm pretty sure we had, we might have had it on cassette, maybe recorded maybe. off HBO or something like that. I remember watching it quite a bit. I just don't remember, like what the context was. Okay, oh, you didn't, you didn't deliver that. <laughs> I was setting it up. Me. You tried to bait was- me, didn't you? <laughs> I tried to bait you, and I got nothing. All right, so we'll see You know how your your thoughts are after rechecking out the film uh, at the end. Uh, and then me, very similar to John, I feel like I might have even seen this in the theater. So it was PG-13. I was around nine at the time. And so there's definitely a chance that I could have seen this in the theater, but I absolutely remember seeing it plenty of times on TBS. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I guess if there's any tie-in other than what Jody likes is <laughs> Turner Broadcasting and Turner uh, Syndication Amen. for both of these shows, WCW and, and hey, uh, absolutely. definitely TVS for uh, Dumb and Dumber. So. Hey, and TNT. It was definitely on TNT, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's get into our scene-by-scene scene breakdown. And we start off, there's a beautiful woman waiting for a bus. A limo drives by, skids to a stop, and out the back, the window pops out the head of Lloyd Christmas and he's kind of asking for directions and a good kind of you know, classic lines here. I feel, well, there's a lot. I'm going to say classic lines. I feel a hundred times yes. in this film, um, but you know, he confuses her accent. She's from Austria. He thinks it's Australian. He's oh, good day, mate. Good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> and she just annoyingly walks away. Now I've 100%. Sometimes I hear Austria, Austria and I think Australian, but he is just an idiot. And I think they're setting that up. Uh, and I do love just little things that he does in this film where he kind of pulls himself his head back into the the car, but he doesn't do it like you, most normal people will notice and like twist their head first. He just goes back for, oh, ooh, crap. And then he's got to do it because, yeah, just they, they do a great job of emphasizing immediately who are the dumb and dumber characters? Absolutely. So. And throughout the movie, too, man, his physical comedy is just as good as these one-liners. And that's a great example of it. That's one of the best things yeah. about this movie to me is the physical comedy, too. I love every minute of it. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, that's obviously one thing that Jim Carrey was great at. And you can, you know, specifically, I'd say even more so, you go back to The Mask. Yes. Or Ace Ventura. His physical comedy is probably, I mean, maybe not at his peak, but like that, those, those are the, the biggest uses, I think, or the, the examples of his physical comedy humor. Absolutely. Films, so. Then we get, I, I love this song here that plays um, as they're kind of getting ready. Just just doing this intro, we're kind of meeting some of our characters and it's Boom Shakalak by Apache Indian. Boom Shakalak 
the people them want Woman them a flex and the man them a chant Cause the 60 style it off a comeback Draw for your bell bottom black heel and frack Boom shakala good boy Ew, tell them no sir Just a fun, silly song that, um, I mean, this soundtrack, going back and listening to this movie, the soundtrack, it, it just, boy, does this movie kind of scream 90s the way that they're using songs. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Every time they, they start driving, it's here's a little montage song. Like, that just that just screams 90s to me. <laughs> so. Absolutely. All right, we see uh, Lloyd is actually the driver of the limo, so that's kind of, actually kind of a clever move, you know? Yes. I like that a lot. You know, that's that's like, there are hints of brilliance in some of the idiocy that we see. Yeah, when I saw that happen, I fell in love with the movie, and I think that's where it happened. When I saw that, because it blew me away. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm a little kid; I don't know what's going on, but no one knew that that was going to wind up being the driver from the start of the movie. And so when yeah. I saw that, I just busted out laughing, and yeah. that sets the tone for me for the entire thing. Yeah, it is very clever. All right, then we meet Harry. He's a pet groomer um, with this awesome slash ridiculous dog van and dog yeah. costume that he had um I, I know i love that i i do it's a funny little scene here where he's driving the driving these uh, animals to some competition and he's giving them fast food and it's all just kind of funny you know i think every most people right remember like you know people are, the dogs are getting different different things and then he has the foot the foot long foot long foot long who's got the foot long <laughs> and it's a tiny ass little chihuahua ha 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 so, I mean, there's a lot of the humor in this film that suits nine-year-old Adam perfectly. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's what it is, man. And that's why my mom hated it. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> this was the movie. <laughs> and I loved every second. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, Lloyd goes to pick up someone for the airport. You know, I do. I like the way, I'm sure a lot of this was just improv the way Jim Carrey does. Like, simple things like the way he knocks. And he knocks yes. like a hundred times, but it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, and then opens the door. Oh, my God. It's heaven. It's Mary. Beautiful Mary. And Lloyd is just immediately smitten. Uh, 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 yeah. I'll be out in one minute. So, uh, uh, you know, as he's getting prepared to take her uh, to the airport in his limo, he sprays his binocchi. He does this a couple <laughs> times in the film. He sprays his binocchi, but it goes out the side. He doesn't do it. That's The binocchi go, goes in the mouth. Come on, man. It's little things like that just throughout the movie that just kill me. <laughs> I yeah. love it. It's so dumb, but it's perfect. And what what fits really well is the decision that Jim Carrey did. I don't know if it's him or makeup or somebody else, but you actually see Jim Carrey's chipped tooth yes. really well, which is usually like hidden, you know, or they have like an implant set thing or something else in there so you don't notice it. But like he legitimately chipped a tooth like, a, you know, a long time ago or something. Right. And he left that in this film and it just works exactly right like that's what it needs to be is like holy crap what is this the weird angle from your tooth but like it makes sense it does man the tooth and then the haircut those are classic pieces like that's a halloween costume the haircut and that tooth man yep he she's heading to aspen and uh you know uh lloyd gives a great little line here Mmm, california beautiful <laughs> and just he's God, he's an idiot. Uh, he just ta- and he also just talks too much. Um, I yes. love this. I love this little gag here where he's just talking about driving her safely to the car, and he's turned around, <laughs> staring at her, drives through a red light, causes a crash, all this kind of shit. It's perfect, man. 
like writing that whole segment, there's so many one-liners, uh, starting mm-hmm. with the the beautiful in California, telling her that, that this isn't his real job, going into the worm mm-hmm. farm, like the whole yeah. deal. It's just fantastic, and it's just crammed in, you know, 30 seconds worth of amazing material. I'm just, uh, I'm losing it as I'm watching it. Exactly, and they don't need to, like, well, they, they do a good job of setting up their characters. You know exactly who these people are immediately. <laughs> right. There's no question. Exactly. When one of them is as, as ridiculous as Lloyd and then the other one is feeding fast food to dogs. <laughs> yeah, you can tell they are not the brightest bulbs. So uh, Harry has to speed and he gets the dogs to the show. And, of course, they got ketchup and mustard all over them because of the, the he was you know driving crazy and gave them fucking ketchup and mustard bottles because he's an idiot. You might recognize the lady who uh, who was the owner of the dogs that he was dropping them up for. She was uh, in a... Other Fairly Brothers movie, she was in There's Something About Mary. Um, she played Magda, who was the overly tanned, nosy neighbor lady. Oh, wow. I completely missed oh, that. Yeah. yeah, same same lady. So, yeah, she had I a mean, much smaller part in this one. Sure. So, but uh, all right. So, Lloyd drops off Mary, and he's kind of creepy. He wants a hug, uh, and... And she's just kind of like trying to talk to him, and he puts his lips on her on her mouth or his finger on her lips, and just uh, Lloyd, just go being overly dramatic. Um, and he's all saddened without her, but he kind of watches her as he's kind of starting to drive away. Uh, and we cut to very quick. We see we meet JP and Joe are following her, and they mention something about the briefcase, and she's going to drop it off. And so we know something's up right here. And then Lloyd. Crashes his limo because <laughs> yes. he's, he's just watching Mary. But he notices that she left a suitcase on the middle of the ground. I will say, if that's the place that they wanted to set up dropping off the suitcase, I feel they should have done it in a little bit more like, hey, maybe near a wall or a bathroom or a seat. <laughs> or like, hey, sit at this seat on this gate and then we'll sit down and take it or some other thing. But like, they have her just drop it in the middle of like, the, the walking hallway. That's kind of weird. Yeah, the busiest intersection of the airport mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> but I do love that, you know, he is determined to impress Mary. And so he runs past, even though he just got in a car accident. <laughs> he yeah, run- on a hit and run. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, Jody, you are also a lawyer. Um, right. Is that a bad thing, hit and run? Yeah, that's a very bad thing. <laughs> Yeah, hit and run, man. You're going to lose your license, and uh, you're going to have some insurance problems, and God forbid someone's not too terribly injured, man. But, yeah, you're going to have a whole yeah. lot of issues, and yeah. I guess that's why something happens later on with his job. But I do like that they at least tie that back in. Yes. So, uh, but, yeah, he runs past uh, Joe and JP from behind, and I love it. He's got an awesome little slide here as he yes. grabs it and keeps going to try and get it back to her. He is determined, man. I've never seen that much effort from a – Limo driver, it's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so, all right, he uh, runs to the gate, and he's trying to find her, but they had already left the flight, and I love it. He's running, like, you know, down the, the, the jetway tube, and he just turns back around. You can't go in there! It's okay! I'm a limo driver! <laughs> I mean, it, it's just ridiculous it's parodying a lot of stuff uh and then he runs down the ramp and i like the guy you know the guy who's at the terminal just kind of casually walks to the window and sees him plop out yes <laughs> fall, falls on the tarmac 
Another one of my favorite parts, man, the limo scene from the very beginning, yeah. passenger to driver, and then him being the limo driver just running out the jetway. Two of my favorite things. I just, yep. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. So Harry and Lloyd get home at the same time. Um, I think a very fun line here that there's like some little lines here that you may not notice all that much, but, uh, Harry asks Lloyd, how was your day? And he says, how was your day? Not bad. Fell off the jetway again. Not bad. Fell off the jetway again. It's like, as this has already happened. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, yeah, holy shit. You know, this this guy's got some mental issues here. And, uh, JP and Joe are following Lloyd. Uh, just kind of little things that they set up. Um, they think, hey, they're trying to figure out, you know, who are these guys who took this briefcase? What's going on? And a little setup here that Joe has an ulcer. Just a brief little thing that will come back. Lloyd and uh, Harry, as you know, we almost alluded to or kind of alluded to before, they lost their jobs, both of them, because as we saw, they are terrible at their jobs. Um, Lloyd specifically says because, you know, you're not supposed to. They get they get all angry when you leave the scene of a crime or a, <laughs> of an accident. <laughs> the scene of an accident, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Lloyd tells Harry, "I'm uh, all about the suitcase, all about Mary, all this kind of stuff." How excited he is! Uh, and then we see that Joe and JP are at the door. They notice that one of them has a gun. Here, Lloyd realizes, "Uh oh, did you pay the gas bill?" No, Harry didn't pay that. And this is what they think it is because okay, obviously someone's coming to get them uh, because of that. So they skip out. And they leave, but Joe and JP want to leave them a message. So what do they do? So with what are these kind of like assassins? What would they do? They kill their fucking bird. (laughs) Petey the parakeet. (laughs) Jesus. Lloyd heads to the store to get some bare essentials. Just in general. I like this line here where, you know, he's like, okay, we just have a little bit of money. And Harry's like, okay, just get the bare essentials. We don't have enough money. And then we immediately cut and watch him with this oversized, like, cowboy hat, floppy, you know, plastic, foamy hat. He's playing with, like, a paddle and ball game thing. Uh, He's got two cases of beer and, like, some lawn uh, spinners. Yes. (laughs) And then to top it off, he... uh, accidentally leaves his wallet in a um one of those magazine uh yes. things that was it was called Rhode Island Slut yes, was what exactly. he was when he wanted he wanted an issue of Rhode Island Slut and so but in doing so he accidentally left his wallet inside uh and then because he had to go try and get change for a dollar to get it back then this old lady ends up robbing him it's great <laughs> So. A sweet old lady on a motorized cart. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yep. At home, uh, they notice that the parakeet is dead. Here, good. Another good, good lines from Jeff Daniels. He said his yes. head fell off. And he's like, his head fell off. His head fell off. His head fell off. Yeah, he was pretty old. As if that's a normal thing that happens to parakeets. <laughs> It's those lines that keep coming back. They're yeah. just so damn stupid. <laughs> but I love it. And I think when we were younger, there was a lot of those kind of lines that went by a little bit. You notice yes. the big silliness. You notice like the oh, obviously some of those iconic moments that are just huge and over the top, like the running down the jetway or other stuff. Right. But then those extra little lines that are added in here, that's for like adult Adam to really be like, oh, wow. Okay. They yes. added even better writing humor in here than I remember. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many lines that every time I go back and watch it, I pick up new stuff. And I mm-hmm. love that about it, too. Uh, but at this point, at seeing the headless parakeet, <laughs> Lloyd has had enough. You know, he's just tired of this town. He's tired of being a nobody. 
He gets a good line. I've had it with this dump. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> Freaking yes. out. And so they decide to go someplace else. Someplace warm where the beer flows like wine. Someplace be- where beautiful women I uh, in, <laughs> flock uh, like the salmon of Capistrano. Um, what the fuck is the cap- salmon of Capistrano? <laughs> I love it, man. It's, it's constant. I think he's, he's referring to the sparrow of Capistrano. Thank you, Justy. I don't even see. I don't know what the sparrow of Capistrano uh, swallows. Swallow. The swallows is, of swallow. Capistrano. We were close. We got there. Yeah, you're not a sparrower. You're a swallower. Uh, I know her. <laughs> that was bad. That was forced. I apologize. Uh, but okay, yes, the swallows of Capistrano is an annual migration of cliff swallows to San Juan Capistrano Mission. Huh. Interesting. But anyway, he said it the salmon. Salmon. So love it. <laughs> salmon of Capistrano, and it's Aspen. That's a great place that he wants to go. Harry, of course, knows that it's because of Mary, um, but because Lloyd is sad right here, he agrees. And so they're going to head out in their dog van. And I want to say that dog van is not its not top-tier cinema vehicle. It's not like the, the DeLorean. It's not like the Ghostbusters vehicle. It's not, you know, even like, like, like Knight Rider. But when it comes to, like, pop culture vehicles, I think it's, like, that second tier. You know, it's right yeah. below. It's still a cool-ass, you know, vehicle that a lot of people know. It's not, yeah, it's not the A-Team van, but the dog van's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, man, absolutely. And it's definitely one of those two that people are going to recognize and be familiar with. Even if they weren't a fan of the movie, like, they know where yep. that's from. Yep. And uh, here, when they're just kind of starting off their drive... Lloyd is just doing this fake little run, putting his arms up and down, up and down, and as if, as if uh, it's, it's as if he's running really, really fast. And this is something every person ever has done this. Hell, I fucking did this like last month. I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just do this dumb stuff because this movie like set set it um, set examples, and you just, I, it's funny. Yes, I do it Man. with my kids in the car to make them laugh. See, there you go. They, all right, so have your kids seen Dumb and Dumber, John? No. Why not? Your kids are of age. We probably saw this when I was nine, uh, yes. and your kids are like right around there and, and older than that. Uh, still, the answer is no. They haven't seen it. All right. When Uncle Adam comes to town, he's going to show him Dumb and Dumber, and then I will cement myself as the favorite uncle. There you go. So Make things right, Adam. All right. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do I have any competition? Is uh, You, you, you got uh, Uncle Tony. Tony. I know it's Tony. Is he? Is they like him a lot? He's crazy, Uncle Tony. He is crazy, isn't he? He makes knives. Uncle Tony makes knives. <laughs> oh, they're, he's they're crazy. Uncle they're Tony. pretty though. <laughs> they are cool looking knives. I'm not gonna lie. They look pretty freaking cool. But what, what Uncle Adam does is he um, wastes all of their daddy time so they don't get to see you at all <laughs> by, by, by podcasting with you a lot. Does that make me a good uncle at all? Yeah, uh, just still in their dad time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Womp womp. All right. I, I will say, um, the when I was over at y'all's place uh, for last Christmas, uh, or whatever, it was, maybe it was before that, when I was over there to see our dad, your daughter, John, I love it when she would just, she would just come up to me and be like, I'm Adam, and I'm John. <laughs> like, the way that we, we kind of say it on some of our podcasts, yeah. and honestly, I thought it was cute as hell. <laughs> so... All right, but you should not let your kids listen to me on podcasting. No. If you are, you're a bad father. No, no, they don't. They don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lloyd uh, mentions that 
you know, oh, he sold some stuff. They have some uh, extra money, you know, just a little bit because uh, he sold some stuff to uh, a blind kid who, who lived upstairs. Um, he sold a few things, including Petey, the parakeet. And then we cut to the blind kid who is stroking this dead bird with a duct taped head because Lloyd took care of it. And he's yes. just saying, and he's just saying, pretty bird, pretty bird. Now, I'm not going to lie. I do this to my wife pretty often. I mean, not not all the time, but I will just like if I'm like petting her head, you duct I will tape just her go head back on. Well, yeah, I ripped her head off and I duct tape it on. But I, I'll just, if I'm if I'm just kind of like you know patting her head or something, I will say pretty bird, pretty bird, pretty often. Um, and she doesn't like that. <laughs> so, so all right, uh, JP and Joe go back to uh, Harry and Lloyd's place, and they left a note. For the gas man and joe thinks it's for him because how the hell do these guys know that i have gas of course they think it's the actual gas man um and so joe and jp they think that they're real pros at this point i love that line they, they must be, be pros. pros yeah because <laughs> we know as the audience we're like oh god no definitely not <laughs> so uh at a diner lloyd uh talks to the waitress with this one i never understood as a kid because i never watched the show Alice, but as right. a, as an adult, I know the show, but um, they really get a kick out of saying, excuse me, Flo, calling her Flo for Flo's Diner. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> they really fucking yuck it up, but... Um you know, I never, I never saw the show, so I never loved it. But I at least, I at least get it. But what I absolutely find funny, and this is good for adults, I think, more than kids, because Lloyd asks, "What's the soup du jour?" And she responds, "It's the soup of the day." Mmm, sounds good. I'll have that. But you know, you got to tell me, John, as a as a col- you went to culinary school. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a joke. It is. It's a good joke. He, yeah, he asks, "What the soup du jour? Du jour means." Uh, it's this mean soup of the day yes. in French. <laughs> and so that she didn't even say it's this. Everybody knows it's a different soup. It might be a tomato. It might be a whatever every day, but that's good culinary humor right there, baby. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, Harry spills some salt. And so Lloyd being suspicious about this, you know, superstitious during this whole trip uh, says Lloyd has to, or says Harry has to throw salt over his shoulder, which he, instead of just a pinch, which is what you're <laughs> supposed to do, throws the entire damn thing <laughs> And it hits this man, not just any man, it hits a big, angry man, a big, angry hockey playing man. Uh, well, he doesn't play hockey in the movie that I know of, but his name is Seabass. Great line. Kick his ass, Seabass. Kick his ass, Seabass. <laughs> so good. Uh, and that guy is played by, at that time, Boston Bruin right winger Cam Neely. Yeah. Mm, so. And that's that's the thing that I think Cam Neely, honestly, in my opinion, is probably best known for. Um, he he was fine as a hockey player, but he wasn't like not a Hall of Famer or anything like that. Sure, wasn't he known for having like a, a some, some big fundraiser thing that he used to do? Oh, very possible. I I seem to remember like when you say Cam Neely, automatically I think things like something like the Cam Neely Foundation or something because like, he used to have some sort of big event. Every year. Yeah. So there is the Cam Neely Foundation, which is a cancer yeah. foundation. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember that. And he brings a lot of Boston people together. So like uh, Dennis Leary and other people. So yeah, so, so it is a uh, it's a cancer fighting uh, foundation where they support or raise money for uh, research. That's very cool. Good job. So he's a nice guy. Seabass is a nice guy. <laughs> Except I think he's got a couple things in his closet uh, that we're going to learn a little bit later that he probably should just be a little bit more open about, you know. At least, you know, in 2021, he'd probably be a little bit more open, don't you think? Absolutely. In 1994, it was more of a, 
hidden kind of thing, but uh, and can be played off more like this. So to get back at being hit in the head with this salt shaker, he hocks a loogie into Harry's burger, and that is gross. <laughs> yes, disgusting. And I actually wound up watching the extended version of this because I love Dumb and Dumber so much. So I had it on VHS, had it on DVD, had it on Blu-ray. Um, and so anytime they came out with a different version, I would buy that. And there's actually extended parts in some of these scenes. And this is huh. one of them. And you see it. Oh, they the most, show They don't cut away? Yes. It's the most disgusting thing in the world. Oh. And yeah. It, wow. it's It's nasty, man. <laughs> okay. Nothing is left to the imagination. <laughs> So I'll just I'll just mention it now um, or ask it now. We know there was a prequel called yes. um, Dumb and Dumber when Harry met Lloyd. Yes, whatever that was. Did Dumb you watch Dumber-er. Dumb and Dumber-er? That's right. Did you watch that? I do, and I own it too. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I got tricked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they tricked me out of my money. <laughs> yeah. And did you watch the sequel that came out like two years ago or three years ago or whatever it was? Yes, Dumb and Dumber 2, and I own that too. Okay. I'm, hard, I'm hardcore Dumb and Dumber, man. <laughs> wow. I wasn't, because I, I own Dumb and Dumber, but it stops there. <laughs> That's it. So. I have them all. <laughs> wow. Impressive. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Lloyd then comes up with an idea to kind of get back at Seabass. Uh, and, you know, he tells them that he wants to buy them a round of beers and things like that, you know, to make up for it. And instead, when they're checking out, when he's talking to, like, the waitress at the uh, cash register, he uh, tells her, Seabass will take the drinks and put them on his tab. And so they dine and dash and then head out and grab a whole bunch of other stuff, too. And honestly, this is another one of those moments, like, similar to the limo, like, gag that he had earlier. This is actually pretty clever. Absolutely. Yeah. So when our, our dumb guys have some things up their sleeves, and I, and I love the transition into them getting away from it and him telling the story to yeah. to, <laughs> to Harry about where he came up with the idea. It's just that priceless. Exactly. That is very, very funny. Uh, you know, because yeah, it was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, they got away clean. But no, the movie that he thought of it, they got killed and they slit their throats. <laughs> it's like, oh, ooh. So now Harry's very worried that Seabass is going to catch up to them. But at this point, Harry, or Lloyd has got to pee. Oh, shit. And so, of course, Harry doesn't want to pull over at this time because he doesn't want to get caught. Um, maybe they should also be driving a less conspicuous vehicle, I would say, <laughs> right. too. Uh, but anyway, so Lloyd has got to pee. And so to do so, he is just going to pee in beer bottles. What I will say, they have a whole van that he could have gone into the back and done this. He yes. does it right in the front seat. Th- th- these two friends are very comfortable with each other. <laughs> Where he's obviously just whipped it out and he's peeing into the beer bottle because you can't just, it's not an easy thing with the beer bottle because the beer bottle is too small of a hole. You can't just stick your whole thing in. It's not like, this is why when you're on road trips, here's a little hint for everybody. <laughs> when you're on the road, I've, I've peed while driving many times, many, many times. And some have gone perfect. Some have not gone perfect. <laughs> I will say the trick is to get the wide mouth bottles get the gatorade bottles or whatever a power whatever with the wide mouth so you can just basically stick the thing in and so you're not going to have a worry of if if you hit a little bump or something and then it's spraying and then because lloyd's right once you start going you can't stop it's gonna sting and so you accidentally get some pee on your you know steering wheel or something um you know that may or may not have happened um so get the bigger thing so you can kind of get 
everything mostly in um, to, to, you know, you know what I'm talking about, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that tip, Adam. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I've, I've done it too. Yeah, of course. That's it. That is just good guy driving um, etiquette, I would say. I've definitely, you know, had to, you know, when you're doing long trips, I've done long drives and I've got a couple bottles of pee in the back because I just I just had to keep going. Yeah. I, I mean, so. I, when he was old enough, I actually trained my son to do that because he had a bad yeah. habit of not telling me that he had to go until right when uh. he had to go. Mm-hmm. So I I never threw away like my Gatorade bottles or anything like that. I was would have them so that so that way I could just hand it to him and be like here. Yep. I just yep. pull over and do that and just go. But um, that being said, John, you're my brother. Jody, you're one of my best friends. I don't want to see y'all pee in your penises right <laughs> next to me while I'm driving on a road trip with you. Did you just say pee in your promise. penises? <laughs> I want to see. I think I did say it. I don't want to see your peas, your penises, or your peas and peeing in anything. Yeah, so I'll promise saying. to never do that. <laughs> I okay, think I can fulfill that. Thank you. All right, uh, but Lloyd, he's got a lot. He's like a camel or something, uh, and he keeps filling up the bottles of these beer bottles with pee. And uh, Harry's kind of having to hold them while he's driving, and they end up getting. Uh, you know, they're speeding, obviously speeding. We see this, and a motorcycle cop comes over, and he. I, this again, clever humor here that I probably yes. didn't really pick up on until I was a little bit older. Where he goes, pull over, and Harry, and Harry's like, No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for <laughs> noticing. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, it's a good pun. That I mean, that's a good, you know, just good, good humor there, wordplay, um, and and uh, Lloyd, a line that I feel gets quoted actually quite a bit. He just kind of leans over, kill our boots, man. Like if I, <laughs> if anybody is wearing like cool weird boots or something in a group i hear at least one person say killer boots man or when they're talking about a motorcycle cop or something like that so absolutely yep uh that motorcycle cop is played by harland williams he is a stand-up comedian he has been in plenty of different things you'd probably recognize him uh if you see him um but uh he's now i don't think most cops now, granted, I've never been pulled over for uh, having an open container or any of that kind of thing, but I wouldn't imagine it's a smart call for a cop to grab one of the bottles and taste test it. But that's what this guy does, and um, it does not go very well for him. No. <laughs> Tic Tac, no. sir. Yeah, t- <laughs> exactly. He's making these <laughs> weird sounds, and he's like, get the hell out of here. I'm assuming he, he, he just let them go. Because he didn't want the rest of his uh, police officers to find out that he had tasted pee. Yeah, that's my guess. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. And we quickly see Mary. Um, you know, she left the money because apparently someone had been kidnapped. Now, again, Jody, you're a lawyer. Kidnapping yes. is bad, right? That's not It's not a thing <laughs> that's to correct. do. That's correct. You okay. don't do that, Adam. Never do. That's a felony in the state of Georgia. So never do that. <laughs> but But what if it's for a fuck ton of money? Nah, I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, if it's for a Lamborghini kind of money, I don't know. <laughs> it might be. Toss up. Toss up. Yeah. We we also meet uh, Nicholas, who is like a family friend, just at this, just kind of briefly here. So uh, at night while driving, Lloyd uh, daydreams about Mary and returning her suitcase while the song The Rain, The Park, and other things by the Cal Sills plays. I saw the city. Falling on her, she didn't seem to care. She sat there and smiled. 
great little like you know just frolicky kind of song here I mean, I enjoyed this scene, especially as an adult, <laughs> more so as an adult than I did when I was younger, where he got a, gets her, you know, picks her up at the door, li- lifts her up, and then kind of peeks in <laughs> and lifts up her, her little dress, and she has got a cute little behind, I will say. Um, no comments from you guys? <laughs> Just me? Am I, the, am I the only one who can mention about, like, female, like, attractiveness on this episode? Very beautiful, Adam. I'll, I'll say, jump Jody, in there with you. <laughs> Jody, you and I had an entire episode devoted to ranking boobs, and now you can't say one thing. <laughs> She's beautiful, man. <laughs> she was beautiful, absolutely. I can see why uh, you know he fell in love with Mary Swanson. <laughs> okay, all right. But then uh, we get more of like the the, the daydream kind of thing happening. Um, he's at a party, you know, just really cutting things up, being crass and stupid, very. Lloyd, but it's, you know, everybody's loving it, lights his farts on fire, ha ha ha. Uh, And then we get another kind of classic physical comedy kind of stuff uh, with the dinner kung fu scene where he's fighting different people, especially the kind of the chef at the end. Um, I love his little, when he gets punched in the face and then he kind of comes back up the... (laughs) He's back up and then he rips his heart out. Uh, And then we get a fireplace sex scene uh, with... um, a headlights joke that is another <laughs> some actual wordplay here. Uh, I like it, you know, because obviously headlights is a slang term for boobies. Uh, and he's looking at headlights because he's obviously daydreaming while he's supposed to be driving. And there's a semi that he almost crashes into. Uh, but he does, they don't end up hitting it. Just kind of funny. At, uh, at a hotel, JP and Joe catch up to them. And we find out pretty quickly that they are working for Nicholas, the Family friend guy is actually the bad guy. Bum, bum, bum. And Joe is really being annoyed by this dude while he's at a phone booth, (laughs) which, you know, that's very, very dated on this point. Um, Well, a couple things date this movie because it's extreme in the 90s. Like one, they're looking up. They're looking up. Mary in the yellow pages at one point, (laughs) which is just not really a thing anymore. Uh, And then also this guy at a payphone. Uh, but that dude is played by Fred Stoller. Yeah. You've seen him, one of those kind of annoying kind of guys. You've seen him in a hundred shows and movies and, and different things. Yeah, he plays uh, Ray's cousin in Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, okay. That makes total <laughs> sense. I was never a Everybody Loves Raymond guy. I never really watched it. But oh, he, okay. he does seem like he could play a cousin of yeah. Ray Romano pretty well. So Absolutely. Yep. But of course, because he's so annoying, and he is actually being a complete ass here. You know, you, the, the etiquette, in my opinion, is that person got there first, and they can they're going to talk as long as they want to talk, and then right. you go. I'm sorry, you 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 cannot really push someone off the phone. Uh, and Joe is in agreement, and he punches him through the window, so knocks his ass out. <laughs> All right, Harry and Lloyd continue on the road. Just some good more setup of just how dumb they are. I like this little lines of the the gambling stuff that they're talking, and Harry's like, "Oh, I'll be bets." Or Lloyd bets Harry that he'll get him to gamble before the end of the day. And <laughs> Lloyd accepts the bet deal. Uh, and then he's like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get you. And I was like, uh-huh. But he just did it. So he got it. All right. I so. love it, man. That's that's the whole movie. That's it. That's what it is. Joe and JP are trying to figure out how they want to handle these guys. Because at this point, they still kind of think they're pros. What he's going to do is he's going to have them pick up him as a hitchhiker so he can do some retcon because he says you can't really kill somebody unless you know him. So he wants to uh, just learn a little bit more about them. They pick him up and they just start annoying him 
immediately. <laughs> and we get some great things here. They're playing tag kind of around him. Uh, yeah. But then one of the most quoted lines or quoted things from the yes. film is the most annoying sound in the world. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? That is, I mean, I feel like as kids, every one of us did that to somebody at some point, and we were just mimic that, and then, and then we get a gorgeous rendition of the song uh, "Mockingbird." <laughs> Mock, yeah, ing, yeah, bird, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mockingbird, don't everybody have you heard? Have you heard? She's gonna buy She's gonna me buy a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird don't sing, don't sing, she's gonna buy she's me a diamond ring. ring. Yes, that's what I remember the most. Definitely the annoying okay. sound, but mockingbird to me was the best. <laughs> that, that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they just go in. I, I mean, that had to. I, I would bet that's pretty improv. It was just a lot of fun. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, and just a kind of extra little tag of humor in there. They pick up like a family of Mexicans with a guitar and just kind of keep singing shitty songs. And it's just funny as Joe is pretty much ready to kill them immediately, but, um, <laughs> you know, not with the, the family that they picked up. So, all right, at a diner, they uh, eat an atomic pepper. It's at first not that bad, then, they, then it's just awful, and it's just <laughs> terrible for them. They're trying to squirt ketchup and mustard. And I want to tell everyone out there, I know the feeling. <laughs> um, if anybody follows us on Instagram and, yeah. and John and I had a bet for, you know, uh, the, um, national league, uh, championship series for baseball last season when the Braves played the Dodgers and we made a bet with, uh, our good buddies at ready to retro and I had to eat, uh, the one chip challenge and I put it on Instagram and it is terrible. So I will <laughs> say any like hot peppers suck, but, um, Joe goes to call Nicholas and basically tells him that he's going to dump rat poison in their drinks to finish them off, um, which I think is an interesting thing. Like, he's with them alone in like the car. He could have easily just, just shot him and boom. But but I guess this is easier for him. Uh, and so when he comes back, uh, we, find, we see that uh, they've put a whole bunch of those atomic peppers into his food. As he, you know, he, he finds out about the whole mis misunderstanding of the whole suitcase, and they're just going to take it back, and you know they're not masterminds at all. Uh, he takes a bite of the food, and now it's so fucking hot. And he, we already had established that he's got an ulcer, and um, you know, so he's having he has issues with the spicy food, and so he needs his medicine. Uh, a good, good little physical comedy here from Jim Carrey doing like CPR terribly <laughs> on him, but they give him the medicine. And it's the rat poison that he had that he was going to feed to them. And he dies. And a nice little tag here. Check, please. <laughs> as they get, get the head. Now, is fleeing the scene of a crime here where, you know, this guy died? Is that also a felony, Jody? I mean, technically, they haven't been. They're not required to stay there. Um, okay. But, you know, I guess it could be a little questionable. I mean, technically... They put the rat poison in his food. Um, I mean, oh. they killed him. <laughs> they, yeah. they didn't realize it was poison, but you know they're the ones who did it. So um, at that point, they weren't required to stay, but they're definitely going to be suspects, and that pops up a little later too. <laughs> now, as a defense lawyer, would you recommend anybody, uh, if you get stopped by the cops or something, do you talk to the cops immediately and tell them everything? 
No, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> you never talk okay. to the cops ever, man. <laughs> okay. I, I love law enforcement, but you don't talk to them. <laughs> no, you don't. You talk to Jody Sellers at the Sellers Law Firm. 770-415-9848. And while you're at it, listen to him on the Tall Tales Podcast. At Tall Tales Pod. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, all the plugs, baby. All right, so uh, so yeah, they just head out, and we meet these uh, detectives um, who, you know, kind of checking the body. Uh, the main detective is played by Felt- Felton Perry, um, who I best recognize as Johnson from the RoboCop franchise. He was in, yeah. like, three of those movies. So, um, And uh, they got the make of the vehicle. It's an 84 Sheepdog. It's- <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So Lloyd and Harry continue driving, and they have to stop for gas. Uh, Harry talks to this beautiful woman while while he's pumping the gas, and um, you know he's actually doing doing does pretty well chatting with her. Uh, and uh, Lloyd realizes at this point he's in the bathroom at this spot at the exact time for man love. It says it's come to, come at this spot at two fifteen a.m. for man love. And who is it that uh, busts in the door? It's Seabass. <laughs> now, this Love was a bit, back. yeah, funny callback, but I think it was a bit too coincidental. The the um, you know the the logistical or the logical person in me is like, Seabass seems like he is a kind of a local, especially because at that diner, it seemed like you know the diner knew him and he was a regular. They're hundreds of miles elsewhere now. Uh, but I mean that's the whole comedy bit of it. I know, but you know, it's just. But just he's also funny. a truck driver, so I mean, I could I could see that he's a truck okay. driver. He's on the interstate. He's on the highways. He's going back and forth across. So he country. he hits the yeah, same diners. Okay, fair enough. So that's probably it. And and he's got his man love spots. Um, and that's why he has the times and dates. He knows where he's got to be. He has his map. Yeah, you know, he's all good. In, the, yeah, he is probably a you know he's very organized person. This sea bass. <laughs> He's got files in his truck. Yeah. So uh, we also just see that, you know, Harry, um, you know, as he's kind of getting it, he's getting the number from this lady. Um, but as he's doing so, he's very accident prone, even though she says, oh, I don't want to, shouldn't be dating an accident prone person. Gas that he had kind of spilled all over himself, then kind of set on fire. His legs are on fire. He ends up yelling at her because he's uh, obviously on fire uh, and that, that blows it. And so... Um, while Seabass is very disturbingly forcing Lloyd's head <laughs> downstairs, like that is, <laughs> whoo, that was you a disturb. I mentioned it earlier, the extended movie, this scene is actually extended in that movie. Is it? And there's a lot more to it. It's, it's worth going to see just because, again, huh. the physical comedy is just insane. So it, it sounds like they really doubled up on the Seabass scenes. Yes, in the they extended. did. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so yeah, uh, Harry. Then you know, as as Seabass is trying to force Lloyd to suck something that he doesn't want to suck, I believe that is also a felony. Uh, I believe that's called rape. That is correct. Yeah, absolutely. It's correct. But Lloyd or Harry busts open the door to shove his foot into the toilet to uh, stop it out from getting you know more further on fire. But it knocks out Seabass in the process. All right, he's the hero. <laughs> Uh, I do like the little whimpering that uh, Lloyd is doing while he's kind of sucking, sucking, <laughs> sucking his, thumb. his thumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, they kind of quickly continue a little bit, and we have another little stop for food here. They're just getting some stuff at a convenience store. To me, this is another line that is used so often. It's, this is a throwaway line in the film. Like it's it's like unnecessary, but 
Lloyd comes back out of the store. He's just looking at some guys who are drinking drinks, and he just goes, Hey, guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. <laughs> like, <laughs> the nice slow pause. Like, what the fuck was that? But, like, the quotability, man. Like, anytime, yes. anytime you see a group of people with big gulps, someone's going to say that line, I feel. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So... And like at this point, I'm like, holy shit! There are so many lines that I've already heard and I already know and use, and I'm like, we're really only about halfway through the movie. <laughs> right? Absolutely, man. It's full of them. We're about to come to another memorable gem too, just in a few moments. Yep. So, all right. As uh, Lloyd drives, as I mentioned before, you know, a lot of the time with these drivings, we get some montages, and we get the song "Crash" by the Primitives that plays. We see he accidentally uh, made a turn to head towards Lincoln, Nebraska instead of Aspen. All right. So shit. Harry wakes up and they realize they are not in the mountainous area of Colorado. And we get a great line bit that only if you're really watching the uncensored version, you're going to get not the TBS version, because it's a fun little line here that you hear Lloyd say, huh, expected the Rocky Mountains to be a little rockier than this. I was thinking the same thing. That John Denver's full of shit, man. That John Denver's full of shit, man. Because <laughs> it's just, it's that. just, yeah, it's just like a very, you know, flat, blank area of Nebraska. That <laughs> so whole they're... little scene, man. And then the line before that, when he says, uh, I thought the Rocky Mountains would be a little rockier than this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. perfect. So, so Harry is, of course, upset for Lloyd for his fuck up. Um, and, you know, they don't have any money, enough money for any of this stuff. So they're at their low point right now. Harry says, fuck this. We're, I want to split. And so he starts to walk out. And they split with a great, great 90s song, Mm-mm-mm, by the Crash Test Dummies, as they're kind of at their low point, or one of their low points in the film. So, uh, but really not much time passes as Harry's trying to hitchhike, but Lloyd comes up with this miniature gas-powered bike thing. And he traded the van straight up for it for this kid it gets 70 miles to the gallon though so it, it makes real real good gas <laughs> mileage and this what a fucking awesome line here good bait and switch really good bait and switch comedy where he's like just when i think you couldn't possibly be any dumber you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself <laughs> <laughs> And totally redeem yourself because he's yes. dumb. He is fucking dumb. And this is going to get me to my question. Well, I was going to save it to the end, but I want to ask it to it now. Who do you think is dumb and who do you think is dumber between the two? <laughs> oh, man, that one's tough. I guess I would say that uh, Lloyd is dumb and Harry is dumber because even though to me it seems like Harry may be a little bit brighter, he's always following Lloyd no matter what. Mm. And so that's kind of how I justify that. Yeah. Okay. I lean the opposite. Yeah. Mainly, mainly from the um, illiter- illiteracy issues that we see <laughs> later. Yes. But yeah, it's it's oh, that's good. What about you, John? Do you have a stake or have a claim in the matter? I think they're both dumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Fair enough. All right. So they continue to Aspen on this little bike. Another little montage song plays, uh, when, I, when I Find My Heaven by Gigolo Ants. interesting name yes so uh they get to like the mountains area and it's cold as fuck and i do like this little scene where yes harry needs to go to the bathroom and lloyd's just like just go man <laughs> and he realizes oh it's warm and yeah there's a lot of pee actually a lot of pee a lot of like shit jokes in this film yes. as well so uh they get to aspen and of course it's cold and there's snot frozen oh. on their face it's yes. gross uh, so they're walking around town. Another little funny, little quick one liner I gotta say, where they pass by this couple. Like, whoa, look at the butt on that one, goes Harry. And uh, Lloyd responds, Yeah, he must work out. Which is because you're gonna assume that they're gonna be looking at the female's butt. But um, yeah. Which I do think we're probably gonna have to have a ranking male butts episode with you, Jody, since we had the ranking breasts episode. <laughs> That's right. Gotta come back so, and do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they don't know where Mary lives, so they look her up in the phone book uh, and hear, again, super classic line <laughs> yes. where it's like, oh, it's a, no, it's an S name, Swanson, Sammy, Swanee. It starts with an S. So swim, swammy, sl- slippy, slappy, slimming, salmon, salmon, Swanson, Swanson? Maybe it's on the briefcase. Look on the... Oh, yeah, it's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> and anybody who knows, Samsonite is the brand of the briefcase or suitcases or stuff like that. So it's good. There's still complete lack of money. So they have to stay out in the cold. And, you know, they're having, uh, you know, just they have a little fire here, but it's really fucking cold. I, this is this is funny here where, yes. Lloyd, where Harry's cold as shit. His hands are like super <laughs> freezing. And Lloyd says, oh, he, you can use my extra gloves that he pulls off. My mine are starting to sweat. And this... This is where Harry's had enough, where he's just like, fuck this. You had extra gloves the entire time, you son of a bitch. And he just like, he wants to go throw the briefcase into the pond, but they end up fighting and they're they're kind of wrestling around. I do love when they're wrestling around. He puts his, he puts his hands on Lloyd and Lloyd's like, Harry, your hands are so cold. He said your hands are freezing. They're freezing. Yeah, exactly. Which is good. It ties in. But when they're wrestling around, it pops open the briefcase. And what do they find? A fuck ton of money. Hell yeah. You know, how are they going? They're talking about going to be sensible with everything. And to be sensible, they go to the most expensive uh, hotel in town and the like the royal suite, that kind of thing. And they're going to leave all IOUs. They get a Lamborghini. Uh, you know, they do all the shopping and they're using money like Kleenex even. Yes. I love the tips. Like as people walking by, they're just tipping everybody, just hundreds. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, you know those guys, especially that one that kind of keeps coming back. Um, loved them and loved yes. just waiting on them because they're getting hundred dollar tips every time. <laughs> so, all right. In the hotel room, Lloyd sees a picture of Mary in the newspaper. It's Swanson. Um, but I love this little scene here where he's just trying to read and he can't for shit. And the best one is where he goes. And then Harry's like, the. So 
But apparently, Mary is hosting a snow owl benefit. Uh, and so, it's time to get ready for the ball. And we've got a whole montage of them getting ready to Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman, walking down the street. Pretty Woman, the kind I like to meet. Pretty Woman. And uh, by the end of this montage, they iconically, iconically yes. get orange and blue tuxedos for themselves. And I, this is, again, now it's not every prom, but I think there are quite a bit of proms that it still happens where, like, two buddies yes. get together and do the Dumb and Dumber uh, tuxes instead. Yeah, so. hands down, man. Well, that whole montage, I love it, man, because it, you see them in there. They're getting their toenails clipped with, like, machine grinders. Yeah. <laughs> They're having mm. their nose hair trimmed, and there's, like, piles and piles of hair on the floor. Like, it's perfect. I just love it. it exactly. There's just little moments of, like, slapstick co- slapstick comedy yeah. in there that it works for a lot of ages. Um, particularly kids, I think, love those kind of scenes, and they stick with you. Absolutely. So. All right. Uh, JP notices them at this uh, Snow Owl benefit and tells Nicholas this kind of stuff. So uh, as people... They're, they're kind of get up on stage, Nicholas does, and they're kind of announcing, okay, here's these Icelandic sl- snow owls. And I'm like, if they're Icelandic, why the fuck are they in the Rockies? But whatever. <laughs> so uh, they're trying to repopulate them, that kind of shit. Uh, Lloyd is too nervous to talk to Mary right now, so he sends Harry over instead uh, so he can kind of tell her you know, about his rapist wit, <laughs> which, is, which is supposed to be rapier wit, which is a sharp bladed thing, which, you know kind of show your sharp wit but it's good it's funny it's funnier for people who know what he's trying to say yes so yeah so harry goes and talks to her i do i already mentioned this before but i love the i like the line nice set of hooters you got there nice set of hooters you have there and she of course thinks it's her boobs uh but it's the owls that he's talking about and he makes a bad joke <laughs> he thinks it's hilarious about breeding dogs and breeding yes. a bulldog with a shit zoo, and he called it a bullshit. <laughs> it wasn't very funny. Well, even but. before that, when she asked about any unusual types of breeding, and he goes, no, mainly yeah. just doggy style. Do- yes, exactly. <laughs> this are, those are funny. Those are the ones that you do notice now. Yeah, and absolutely. Because there are some of those quick stuff, you know, I mean, it just goes by pretty fast, and they right. don't dwell on it, you know, and so it's just like, oh, wait, that's good. That's a good pun. <laughs> uh, but uh, then there's this random other lady is that that's not supposed to be her mom or is that it's her stepmom? That's her stepmom. Yeah. What the fuck is that stepmom doing by like almost forcing this date with Harry? That was weird as shit. I had, I've never understood that part of the movie at all. Yeah. She knows she has a husband and exactly. she knows that they're trying to save him. So I don't understand how that helps at all. <laughs> exactly. I think she, yeah, she knows the husband's been kidnapped and all this. Right. Kind of, I mean, and it's only, and it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. That's it. And she's trying to, like, push this guy. Now, my only thought, maybe she just knows Mary's having a tough time with it, and she thinks this funny guy who's kind of silly, awkward, will help her, you know, at least, you know, not for, obviously forget about the husband, but just like, right. okay, try to have, like, a somewhat happy day. But it's like, if, you're, if, if your significant other has been taken away for, like, only, like, two, three weeks, yeah, yeah I'm sorry, I'm not going on any fucking parades Dates. with anybody. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going on a ski date. <laughs> Dude got kidnapped. Might be being yeah. tortured. And you're trying to set her up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Harry gets back to Lloyd and lies to him uh, that he set <laughs> yes. up a date for the two of them. Uh, and so Lloyd, being very excited, grabs a bottle of champagne, pops the top, 
which immediately just goes straight towards one of the snow owls, killing it. And the party goes silent. God, these guys just like, they fuck up everything that they go to. All right, so Harry goes on his ski date with Mary while Lloyd is uh, going to the hotel bar awaiting his date. On the ski lift, Harry just, to, maybe he is really the dumber one, licks, he, he sees frost. There's snow everywhere. And he sees frost on a pole and says, oh, I should lick that. And he, so he obviously gets his tongue stuck on the ski lift. And, you know, ha, 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 hilarity ensues. He, it's, it's, you know, just silliness. It's very Christmas story all yes. over again. Clearly, he never watched the movie. And, uh, and that's on TNT. So you would think <laughs> that he would watch it because it's on 24 hours. You know, if he likes his syndication on Turner show, Turner Networks, he should have paid attention. That's it. So, but, yeah, well, we also see that the, the beautiful woman that Harry met uh, at the gas station kind of on the way to Aspen is sitting right next to Lloyd being very annoying. Like she's just kind of <laughs> blapping off. So just kind of being kind of strange here, pissing him off. Mary, we see Mary pulls Harry's head off the lift. Ha ha. It's kind of funny. You know, you get the whole stretch of the tongue for, you know, very slapstick stuff. Kids, kids love that. So, and then they have a little montage of the date, uh, building a snowman, having a yes. snowball, the snowman cock and balls joke is pretty funny. <laughs> yes. I've always remembered that. I can't ever forget it. <laughs> yep. And then the snowball fight that Harry takes a little too far. Yes. Mary's a good. Mary's really a good sport. Absolutely, I will say. man. <laughs> so. Yeah, she took a, like a hard rock snowball to the face, like just blustered yes. her, and then she laughed it off. <laughs> like it was yeah. no big deal. And they have a good little song here while they're having their date called um, If You Don't Love Me, I'll Kill Myself by Paul Droge. <laughs> a good song i liked it uh lloyd asked the bartender about mary swanson because he's just getting kind of fed up it's it's been like four hours basically since uh he thought this date was supposed to happen um and he gets her address where she lives and so harry drops off mary in his sweet lamborghini and apparently find out they're gonna go do dinner as well so shit a whole day of them skiing isn't enough they're also gonna have a dinner together so okay good for them but lloyd is there kind of in uh, behind the bushes and sees and he is just, he's broken and betrayed right now. I got to jump in real quick, Adam, because there's one of my favorite lines when mm. uh, Harry's at the bar, he's trying to find out the address, and as he's leaving the bar, he sees a framed oh. newspaper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he reads it, and you can see what it says, that the, that we've landed on the moon. And he turns around, and he is so excited that we have landed on the moon. <laughs> he's just overjoyed by it. That's always been one of my favorite parts, too. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see that one. See, it's funny what we we attach onto. Yeah, because that one wasn't one I actually ever really thought was great. I mean, it shows again shows the idiocy of these guys. Yes. Um, but it is you know it, it's it's sticks it sticks for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So all right, so Lloyd to get back at Harry, he dumps a whole big thing of uh, a laxative into his drink. Tur- Turbo lax is what it's called. So. While Harry is driving to her place, he hits some. He gets the tummy rums, some tum rums, the rumbles. Uh, something's not right. So he gets there and he has to pretty quickly head to the bathroom, and he just unleashes into the bathroom. And this is this is the kind of scene that nine-year-old Adam probably just laughed and laughed and laughed. That shit humor is just the best. But you know, as an adult, this one. 
it's not the shitting that is the funny part. It's right. when Mary comes up l- afterwards and is like, yeah, the toilet's not working. I'm sorry <laughs> yes. I didn't tell you. That's the scene that's like, oh, now you're fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, and going back again to the extended edition, this section here is another extended part <laughs> of Harry trying to figure out how to fix the toilet or get rid of the contents. <laughs> if you've okay. never seen that, buying that movie is well worth it. Get it on Voodoo. Huh. You can download it and check it out because it's, it's worth every penny. So very famously, uh, Jeff Daniels has told the story that the first time he met uh, Clint Eastwood uh, was right after this movie came out. They w- he was on a golf course and he met him and Clint told him that he had just seen the movie. And so he was, Jeff Daniels was waiting for like, you know, all this negative, you mm-hmm. know, stuff to come from Clint Eastwood. And the first thing Clint Eastwood said was that toilet scene that actually happened to me. <laughs> Oh, damn. Apparently it happened to him on a date one time. And so that was, he. I guess he related to it so much. <laughs> That's funny. That. All right. Oh, celebrities are just like us, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Mary, I, here, another little nice throwback here. I really did like this. A callback, really. Mary watches a news program uh, that's kind of like one of those, uh, you know, national, you know, primetime news ones and they mentioned this blind kid who bought a dead parakeet and just i'm like oh i like that oh that that poor little blind Petey, fucking Petey. i gotta say this man since you brought it up i love that they keep bringing back up pd and dumb and dumber 2 the actual sequel uh there's a reference to billy in 4c in that movie as well and it's oh, fantastic and it's the same nice. kid too man an adult okay at that point. yeah 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 all right yeah i gotta respect that which I, honestly and and I'm curious how it's going to go because I was already thinking about doing this tonight. And anyway, after this, I don't have anything else I need to do. I probably should be doing some editing or other shit. But what I'm going to do after this is I'm going to go watch Coming to America. Oh, and I'm yeah. so curious about it. I don't I do not have high hopes. I have. I, extreme... I watched it last night. You watched it last night. Yep. Oh, OK. Well, th- don't say anything. <laughs> I will watch it tonight and then uh, we will have to talk. OK. Okay, uh, Lloyd shows up at Mary's door and mentions that he's got her briefcase back in his hotel room. And so, of course, you know, Mary says, fuck this date. I got to go, uh, you know, get the briefcase to get her husband. Yeah, the guy that you're married to. <laughs> that you <laughs> That's love. right. You should, shouldn't be going on dates. So uh, Mary goes with him and she gets that briefcase. And Lloyd, I do like he's just overall awkward with his words with her. Uh, yes. And <laughs> he just is the best. Yeah, he just fucks up, says he likes little boys. and I desperately want to make love to a schoolboy. Uh, no, no, no. But he does ultimately tell her that he likes her. And he like he not just likes her, he likes her a lot. A good, another good line here. Another one that's been used quite a bit. Very quotable. Hit me with it. Just give it to me straight. I came a long way just to see you, Mary. Just least you can do is level with me. What are my chances? Not good. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! (laughs) And so you think he's going to be heartbroken, but instead he replies, so you're telling me there's a chance. And he is still just... Still has this mindset that, you know what? There is a world somewhere where he can be with Mary. That's it. (laughs) Holding on to hope. 
then comes Nicholas, uh, and you know he has the news about her husband, uh, the person who was kidnapped, Harry comes into so nicholas holds them hostage now because he was the one who was doing he was doing the uh kidnapping and you know so now he's revealed that to her um and so harry then comes to the hotel and he sees that beautiful woman from the gas station it's weird that she keeps popping up uh, well i'll mention it in a second but uh all right so anyway nicholas as i say reveals um to or reveals as a kidnapper harry then comes into the room um they all are taken hostage at this point and you know at gunpoint they're all like laying on the bed and uh harry you know he's ready to shoot somebody mm-hmm. and harry's like you know what no shoot me first he does he shoots <laughs> two bullets right into the chest of uh of harry there's this whole oh no kind of thing where uh, no, I don't even remember that. Sorry. Anyway, but I, I, I write sometimes our journey. I write notes and then I'm like, what the fuck did I mean by that? Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, I wanted to bring up something, too, man. And yeah. uh, it is it's before all this happens. So I wanted to jump sure. back to it. The Samsonite thing. So when when Harry opens oh, the door and he's yeah. standing there and, he's, and they, they uh, introduce themselves or something. And then he says, listen, Mr. Samsonite. Cause yeah, because he said connection. he says, I'm the owner of that briefcase. Yeah. So they think. He is Mr. Samsonite because exactly. they still associate that name. Again, that was quick. I did notice that one as well. Things that I probably, I probably would didn't pick that up on when yeah. I was younger. And so. two, just going into those IOUs because he's like, we have every intention yeah. of paying you back, and he doesn't understand what he's talking about. And yep. so then he pops open the briefcase, and it's just a bunch of sticky notes that says IOU. And so yep. Harry grabs one of them, and he goes, two hundred and seventy-five thou. Might want to hang on to that one. <laughs> exactly. This one's for a car. Yeah. Might want to hang on to that one. I just love uh, that whole section and uh, back and forth. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Harry, who had just been shot springs back up with a gun of his own and shoots like a wild man misses completely yes great line from lloyd harry you're alive and you're a horrible shot <laughs> yes so but then bustins busts in the police um with the detective and special officer i think beth jordan was what she said yeah. but she was the beautiful woman that has kind of kept appearing uh, and they get Nicholas at the end. Of the the husband returns, but I do want to mention there's I, I think a great line. Lloyd's like, or Harry's all excited because yes. they gave him a gun and yeah. a and a bulletproof vest. But Harry's like, well, what if they shot you in the face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, but I, also that so that special officer, the um, the woman who kind of kept appearing, appearing, her credit was. Like athletic lady, yeah, a- athletic woman or something, and I was like, why didn't they? Because she even says her name. I'm special agent yes. Beth Jordan, and it's like, no, why? Why? Yeah, athletic beauty was what she was credited as. I was like, that's strange, right? And she's throughout the movie. I mean, obviously spread out, but it's in chunks. I mean, throughout yes. every stage of the way, and she is even given a name. Yes, so exactly. I, it's a named character. I, yep. <laughs> So, but um, Mary's husband is returned. I do like Lloyd's little quick daydream about shooting the husband <laughs> right then and there uh, while while she's about to introduce him. But that's the end of their little storyline here. And they start walking back. And, you know, they're just kind of uh, downtrodden a little bit because, you know, Mary, you know, isn't with them or any of that kind of stuff. So they're just like wondering, when are they going to catch a break, man? They can't catch a break. And that's when the Hawaiian tropics... <laughs> bus stops and they need two oil boys to give to, to oil them up before every competition and so 
They give them directions to the nearest town. <laughs> what the fuck? And so they the bus starts to leave, and then Lloyd realizes, oh no, what have do you realize what you've done? Yes. And then they run up thinking, okay, they realize what's gonna happen. They're gonna be the oil boys, they're gonna get this, you know, you're gonna rub up these ladies for uh, months. And then no, Lloyd says, the town's back the other way. <laughs> yes. And it's just like, oh my god, you fucking one more little tag in there, like these people are fucking dumb and even dumber. Yeah. Hey, maybe maybe Harry is the dumber or Lloyd's the dumber <laughs> Lloyd. one, man. Yeah. Because yeah. when he runs up to the bus too, he even says, "You'll have to excuse my friend. He's a little slow." And then yes. he points him in the right direction. So. Yep. Ugh, Emphasize it. All right. So, uh, and then we get the song "Rolling Down the Hill" by the Rembrandts that plays uh, during the opening, the start of the credits. And then it uh, switches back over to the crash by the primitives. So, all right, I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna go first, and then John, and then Jody, because this is your film. I want you to have the last word on all things dumb and dumber for you. For me, this is a dumb but fun movie. It's not it's not really a thinker, but it's not meant to be a thinker. It's meant to be you know slapsticky, but also some good wordplay. And you get you realize as you said earlier, you watch it a couple more and more times. There's some more of those puns in there that are actually pretty witty. I like it, and so I appreciated it. I had a good time watching this one. It was really enjoyable. Uh, so yeah, it's one that it, I might have to go look up if I don't if I don't buy those uh, those the actual DVD stuff that you recommend. I'll try and look them up on YouTube or something and see if they have those extended versions because uh, I think I'm gonna enjoy those. So yeah, so that was me. Uh, John, what were your thoughts on Dumb and Dumber? So admittedly, I think the older I get, the less and less funny I find this movie, and it, it's kind of been true. Uh, ever since it came out, um, not not just recently, but just I've come to tell it's it's okay. I think I never um, was all that excited about it. Like I didn't care when they made the prequel. I didn't care when they made the sequel. Still haven't seen them. Don't plan on seeing it. <laughs> so it's just it's always been kind of a meh movie for me. Is that is that the end? <laughs> Yeah, what else do you want me to say? Uh, I was hoping that you were going to flip on it so I could say, you totally redeemed yourself, but now I can't. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, different opinion. Different opinion. This is not John's film, but Jody, it sounded like you really liked watching Dumb and Dumber again. Oh, my God. I did, man. I loved it. Growing up, Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, Jim Carrey. And Dumb and Dumber was my movie. It is my favorite movie of all time. It is my number one everything if, you know, I'm on a deserted island, if there's only one thing I get to watch, Dumb and Dumber is the only thing I want playing. That's it, man. Again, the physical comedy is amazing. The one-liners that are constantly coming at you nonstop, it's so hard to keep track of them sometimes. Like I said, every time you go back and watch it, I hear something different that maybe I didn't understand or I didn't catch before. And I love it. It makes me laugh. If I'm in a bad mood, I put this on and I'm just in tears. Um, And I know that's part of the nostalgia coming into it, but it is so damn funny to me. And this will always be my favorite movie, and I'm always going to go back to it. I watched it today. I watched it a couple weeks ago. Um, It's always in my rotation, and I'm going to keep watching it, man. I loved it. Check it out. Check out the extended cut. Dumb and Dumber-er is trash, um, but (laughs) Dumb and Dumber 2 is okay. There's some connection to the original, which I appreciate. There's some characters that come back. But yeah, man, Dumb and Dumber is amazing. Check it out if you haven't. Um, It is worth your time, always. 
does not get a better endorsement than that. Uh, so let's move on to another thing that Jody loves, and that's WCW Nitro. Yeah! WCW Nitro. This show ran from 1995 to 2001, and it aired on TNT, had 288 total episodes. Uh, This was World Championship Wrestling, WCW's main show for the run that it was in. Um, And it's really kind of well known for like the Monday Night Wars, which is it rivaled WWF's Monday Night Raw. I will say before Nitro, there were other shows. And I honestly, I don't remember much other WCW shows, other than they had uh, WCW Thunder, which right. was came on to like um, challenge SmackDown on the Thursdays. Right, or that came Thursday. out later. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that came out later, and they also had a WCW Saturday Night, which That's actually right. Saturday Night lasted for uh, a, it was way before Nitro, yes. so that was one of the earlier shows. It also had a show called WCW Worldwide and right. WCW Main Event. So they had, so they were showing their stuff, but they really got they got big when Nitro came on. That's it. Absolutely, so. man. Uh, yeah, Nitro was huge and huge because of the bigger stars coming in, Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. Lex Luger, and giving them this like massive platform to really compete against Vince yeah. McMahon and WWF at the time. Because it was kind of crazy, and I'm not a big wrestling fan now, but in the 90s, mm-hmm. I was hardcore wrestling, and I loved it. And I was WCW, and a lot of it was just based on region. WCW was yep. Southern Wrestling, because that's where it was stationed. It was out of Atlanta, mm-hmm. it traveled around Georgia, it traveled around the Southeast, and then the WWF was up in New York, and it traveled you know, around the country, but it really wasn't hitting down here a whole lot. So WCW was the local thing, and to me it was so cool because you could see these guys on national television, and then some of them might show up in you know, Winn-Dixie in LaGrange, Georgia. Um, you might <laughs> run into the, the golden boy Chick Donovan, Chick Donovan. and I, see I, him I, on WCW Saturday night. Dude. I still see him around town. Yes, <laughs> he's he's still. Chick Donovan is still wrestling. He's really yes. Now he's got a he's got a good body for like a seventy year old guy. Dude, for sure. he's almost eighty years old, and he's got wow. better muscles than most people. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and he's got his very quaffed hair. Still. He is man. He's still got that seventies eighties bleach blonde. Just yes, quaffed flowing locks. He is still living yeah. it, man. He's looking good too. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so. This show was created by Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff. And you already kind of mentioned some, I mean, these were big name wrestlers, you know, uh, at this point they had gotten Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Um, they had very famously, um, Kevin Nash and, um, Scott Hall. Oh God. Scott Hall. Thank you. Yes. Uh, the outsiders yeah. came in. Um, we had a huge storyline when they came in and then they're, they're a part of the biggest storyline, uh, which I think what WCW was best known for ultimately is the w w nwo and the the rivalry between nwo and just like overall wcw kind of baby faces oh absolutely and the number one baby face my favorite wrestler of all time i was so jealous when you had your wrestling episode it couldn't be on there (laughs) the best wrestler ever people is sting hands down no questions (laughs) yeah he yeah him and i think actually him and rick flair um were like the they were the two WCW staples. And actually, I think they had, they had the last ever match on WCW Nitro. That's right. I think because of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ric Flair helped make Sting. They were, uh, Ric Flair has been huge since, you know, what, the Mm seventies, massive NWA star, superstar legend brought up Sting and yeah, was huge in the WWE as well. 
but Ric Flair and Sting were the icons of WCW. Yeah. So, so I think it kind of hit Sting pretty tough. And I don't, and there was some beef probably between Sting and Vince McMahon. I don't know, whatever it was, he didn't go over to WWE pretty quickly. Like a lot of the other guys, he went over to TNA wrestling for a while. Absolutely. And then he eventually went over to WWE, but now way past his prime. And we've still to this day, never got the Sting Undertaker match that should have happened in like 2004 or something. And it never fucking did. And I hate that too, man, because it's crazy. You know, AEW is sort of the new thing on TNT. Wrestling is uh-huh. back with Turner or old school Turner Broadcasting. And Sting is now yeah. on AEW and he's having a match. So, I mean, huh. if The Undertaker were still around, maybe it could happen. But yeah, this should have happened probably 15 years ago. And unfortunately, it's probably never going to happen. Exactly. Because, I mean, like The Undertaker was just one of the staple you know, bad guys in WWE for so long. And Sting was the staple WCW baby face. Um, but yeah, dude, you were, you were all about some Sting. I remember. I'm telling you, I am, man. I loved it. I had the mask. I had the action figures. I had the video games. I've got the belts behind me. Like yeah. I was all about some Sting. And then when WCW comes to a crash, I just fell out of it, man. I was, I just yeah. left it behind and it's sad, man. WCW Nitro ends. And so does my passion. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I I definitely watched it most in middle school, yeah. and yeah, that that early high school years, and then once once like David Arquette got the fucking oh. belt, I I was done. Yeah, it was over at that point. Um, I do remember though being in college, and for like a hot second, I was back into wrestling for a little brief period with TNA. Uh-huh. Because yeah. I found out that they were a new promotion and they were using college kids to help promote stuff. So yeah. I actually got free tickets to pay-per-views for just like passing out flyers. And so Forrest actually went with me and we got <laughs> to go to a pay-per-view and saw Sting wrestle Kurt Angle, man. And it finally got to see my uh, childhood hero wrestle in person. I loved it. That's badass. I mean, that's a really cool cool thing you got yeah, to see Yeah, I person. loved it, man. I'll never forget that. Yep. Um, so WCW Nitro... Um, you know, it was comparable to Raw, as I already mentioned. Um, even like the popularity was pretty comparable. Yeah. But then it really started to dominate the ratings once uh, the New World or- Order came in. Um, they were kind of, as I mentioned, the re- rebellious group uh, led by Hollywood Hogan. You know, Hulk Hogan who switched to Hollywood Hulk Hogan, uh, and you know, and um, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Uh, there were then they then they got just. Uh, so many people, but but yeah. then beginning in June 1996, Nitro ended up beating Raw in the ratings for like 83 consecutive weeks. Right, which I, still I'll hear. You know, I think I still I think Eric Bischoff like lost that over Vince Vince McMahon for a little bit. Like we dominated you for a year and a half, kind of thing. Hey, absolutely. A lot of the people in WWE probably should should love that because. McMahon had to change some things, and so he's then kind of brought in the Attitude Era, which they started dominating back right. to try and get edgier, to try and do something to compete against the NWO. And so then that's when, like, the Stone Colds and The yeah. Rock came in, um, and that's, that's a lot of people around our generation are just a little younger who they're, that's their favorite wrestlers, period. Right, absolutely. Well. So. Yeah, if it wasn't for the 83 weeks for Bischoff doing all that, we wouldn't have had those huge superstars over on WWF. But, two, there mm. was so much crossover, too, back in the day, so... A lot of the folks that were in WCW had been in WWE and vice versa. So it was always kind of funny to me, the war, because it was basically the same people just working for different (laughs) companies in different years. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I loved it, though, man. I was I was hooked. So uh, Bischoff was a bit of a dick, um, I will say. (laughs) And because Nitro was filmed live, Raw was most often taped pre prehand uh right. before you know earlier in the day and so what bischoff did i'm sure he had somebody go to the show paid somebody to find out what happened so before 
Nitro would air, Eric Bischoff would like say the results of what was going to happen on Raw so people would be spoiled and then just be like, ah, fuck it, I'll just watch Nitro instead. Yeah, <laughs> to- uh, and famously, he talks about that a lot now on his podcast with uh, Conrad Thompson, mm. 83 Weeks. It's a great podcast. Check it out. Let's uh, go see. He's still lauding that fucking Yeah, hey, man, they're making money over there, too. It's a great yeah. podcast. They go back, they watch the shows. But he's admitted that was a massive backfire because people would mm. hear that and they'd want to go see it. They didn't care that they were told it was going to happen. They wanted to go see it because that was cool. And so a lot of times yeah. it kind of blew up in his face a little bit. Very, very famously, actually, I was going to mention it. Yeah, is um, there was one point where he did that exactly. And he had mentioned that Mick Foley was going to win the WCW championship. And um, he was like, even even the announcer, uh, Tony, Shiv- uh, Tony Sh- Shivani, Sh- yeah. Shivani, thank you, Shivani. The yeah. voice of WCW. Yes, uh, that he mentioned, wow, that's going to put some butts in seats. as a, Very sarcastically, but people did change it because they wanted to see. And, and honestly, Mankind is one of my favorite yes. wrestlers of all time because he is such an interesting. I mean, that guy gave his 120% every time. Absolutely. Um, and so they actually did. So it absolutely did backfire. But you're right, though. Like. I don't care all that much about spoilers because I want to see it's about the journey of the film, right? The, the journey, you know, of the book. So absolutely. The show started off as a one hour program. Then it switched to a two hour program in 96. And then in 1998, it went to three hours. Oh. Like Jesus Christ. Just so much wrestling. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> when you switch to three hours of wrestling, like you're going yeah. downhill fast from there. I can't watch anything for three hours in a row. Yeah. Well, they start, you add in a whole bunch of like convoluted storylines and all these like taped other things or yeah. like these, these promotional, you know, talking things that you've got that just all kind of suck. But yeah, the, so wrestling kind of did that like crazy. And I think they still do that. But I'm not, I'm not much of a watcher either. Right. So. I mentioned NWO, and I also kind of already alluded to tons of people started going towards it. It be- it became a point where it's like, damn, almost everybody was joining NWO oh, at yes. some point. Like, even I think Diamond Dallas Page joined it, and he was like the one who was also like a babyface for for so many times fighting against them. Well, he uh, DDP actually never joined. This is my oh, nerd did- side coming out. They tried to multiple times, but okay. DDP never did. For some reason, I thought I remember seeing him. I, I thought I had a picture in my head of him doing the diamond cutter with an NWO shirt on, but maybe that was photoshopped or something. Well, he I think at one time he put one on, but then like rips it off or something. That's kind of like a swerve. And he probably diamond cut everybody in the ring or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the NWO okay. just, it started taking in everybody and then it morphed into NWO black and white, NWO Wolfpack, yeah. which I loved. Well, because Sting was in the That's Wolfpack, it, baby. Man. The one time Sting joins the NWO, man, and he goes to red face paint. <laughs> that face paint was yes. bomb. Absolutely. I loved it, man. And that's one of the things I always loved about Sting, man. The personality was huge, but the the, the face paint I just thought was amazing because I love the Ultimate Warrior, too, from the WWF. Yeah. Not because he was a great talker or a great wrestler, but just his persona was amazing. Yeah. And, and Sting's face paint was kind of similar to that early yeah, on. Absolutely. Um, it was very colorful. And actually, Sting, the fir- Sting first did that black and white face paint on an episode of Nitro, right. uh, October 21st, 1996. Right. And that's kind of had that crow persona for a while. And then he switched to the red face, uh, the red and black face. So, um, and of course, we love that because go dogs. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one thing I got to call out, and this, uh, this I believe, was also on an episode of uh, Nitro when he flew down from the rafters with that baseball bat. Oh, yes. That became a that staple, was... too, of Sting, which yeah. was incredible. And you'd go to every show expecting him to do that. And that was what was yeah. so intense that – Everybody wanted to see Sting, and I remember growing up, I always wanted to go to a live Nitro show, and I never got to go to one, 
But when Thunder came out, which was kind of like the B show, I got yeah. to go to a couple of a couple of Thunder episodes, and always wanted to see Sting, and he never showed up, yeah. man. Never showed up. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. But uh, yeah, all right. And so, in response to the WF Attitude Era, when they started, you know, starting to lose some things, they hired Vince Russo, who is the man who really flushed. WCW and Nitro down the toilet. He just started doing really crazy shit. None of the stuff was funny. He got the championship belt at one point. You know, David Arquette, as I already mentioned, got it. Who actually, David Arquette is actually, he he knows it was a bad idea. And even now he'll kind of make right. fun of it. And he's got a good sense of humor about the whole thing. And, you know, but I think Vince Russo is just a is an idiot. He is, yeah. But hey, David Arquette, man, is actually back on the independent wrestling scene, like legitimately. Oh, he's wow. got a great documentary out. I believe it's on Hulu. Definitely need to check that out because uh, David Arquette's doing some really cool stuff right now. Yeah. Um, One thing that WCW did right that really WWE didn't do, I think, probably until they had already acquired WCW and got some of that roster is, in my opinion, the cruiserweight division. Yes. WCW had people like Rey Mysterio and I think in early Eddie Guerrero, that kind of stuff. Yes. That they were so interesting to watch. They were just absolutely fan. They could do stuff in the ring that none of those big guys could do. That was so captivating. Absolutely. I love the cruiserweight division. That was one of the best things about WCW. And I kind of made a list of some of my favorite wrestlers from WCW and more than yep. half of them are cruiserweights. Rey Mysterio mm. Jr., Chris Jericho, Juventud Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko. These were guys that were amazing performers and were doing some crazy-ass stuff in the ring, but mm-hmm. they weren't the big megastars or the big mega names yet, um, but they were incredible. Um, Ultimo yeah. Dragon, which was a major yeah. star in Jeff, what a, Japan what a cool, Yes. What a cool setup he had. Like he had the, the, the costume was awesome with Ultimo Dragon. I tell you. And yeah, right along with the Cruiserweights, the Luchadors, really bringing in them to yeah. the scene. La Parca, a Psychosis, yeah. these crazy-ass masks and costumes that I didn't know were a thing in Mexico until I got to see it on WCW. And that's some of my favorite wrestling is Cruiserweights and Luchadors, man. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you'd be hard pressed if someone said Rey Mysterio might be the greatest wrestler of all time. It's hard for me to say no to that just right. because of his long career of how how amazing and technically great he is. Absolutely, and you mentioned Eddie Guerrero too, man. Yeah, just a, an amazing athlete. And it's mm-hmm. crazy because so many of these guys were considered, you know, cruiserweights, which was sort of like the smaller guys, not really the top mm-hmm. ones. They go over to the WWF, you know, five years later, and they're huge stars. Eddie Guerrero's yeah. world champion, Chris Jericho's world champion, Chris Benoit's world champion. You know, these guys who were kind of not used as much, but were incredible yeah. athletes, you know, really got yep. some star power in the WWF. Yep. Uh, so I want to mention who I ranked as my top wrestler of all time, okay. and that was Bill Goldberg. <laughs> I, fuck you. What's so funny about that? It's I know I, I love Goldberg I do I don't mean to laugh like that but it's because to me Goldberg was the biggest thing in wrestling yes when I when I got into it in middle school like it no I, I heard all this buzz about him and he had this whole long ass streak yes like everything was was ridiculous I remember you know he even he won the world heavyweight championship belt from Hulk Hogan on Nitro like it was not even during a pay per view so like. They used this show, specifically WCW Nitro, was a huge show for them. And they were really trying to push, you know, winning, like trying to win those ratings wars because they could have they could have earned way more millions if they would have just made it on a pay-per-view and gotten a whole big thing by having that match there. Instead, oh, yeah. they put it on Nitro. 
crazy. Some other crazy shit happened on Nitro, uh, which included the finger poke of doom. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> man. So, it just—that's what sucks. They killed yeah. Goldberg's streak to do that shit. So the day—the day before was a pay-per-view right. where. Kevin Nash uh-huh. beat Goldberg, ended the streak with the fucking cattle prod that yes. Sha- Scott Hall, you know, shocked, uh, killed Bill Goldberg. <laughs> that was what a terrible way to end the fucking streak. Yes. And so Kevin Nash won the belt. And then the next day on Raw, or the next time on Raw, uh, on he Nitro. had a on Nitro. Sorry, yeah. next day on Nitro, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan had a battle for the belt, and Hogan did the finger poke of doom, which brought them back together because they right. were having like a feud and their the NWO guys are back together. And like, it, it's one of the more like controversial, memorable moments right. uh, in Nitro history. So, uh, but yeah, also later shit, awful stuff would happen in the show. Like they have kept having these crappy pull matches and other just terrible stuff. It fell into disarray and WCW ended up falling in disarray. They just couldn't keep up with the attitude era that was being brought by raw and so they ended up being bought out in like uh, 2001, and I think it was 2000 or 2001, and they ended they ended up night they ended Nitro and kind of kept going through, um, and everybody got morphed in or went elsewhere or whatever. Right. Any other extra facts you've got about kind of Nitro in specific? No. Or, or WCW. Uh, that's kind of everything for me. You know, one of the things I always hated is. When I found out that WCW was being bought by the WWF, I was excited because I thought we were going to get to finally mm. see dream matches, kind of like yeah. DC versus Marvel. You got these two oh, things yeah. you always wanted to see, and now they could happen. And then because of contract issues and and mm-hmm. not being able to buy out you know contracts when WWF purchased WCW, you didn't get to see the big stars. You got to see Chuck Palumbo. And, you know, <laughs> Lance Storm, like those are the folks yeah. you got to watch. And that was not WCW. Apart from Booker T, um, there really weren't a whole lot of WCW players coming over. And so that mm-hmm. sucked. I hated that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That actually was crap. All right. So uh, for the man who hasn't said a single word, maybe this entire time, <laughs> I want to know your thoughts on WCW Nitro, John. I could not give less of a shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay that seemed pretty obvious i'm not sure if you listen to our wrestling episode you will know why yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you you did rank your top 10 but you made it clear that wrestling was not for you jody let's start off with you man tell me wcw wcw nitro your love yeah man i do love wcw and wcw nitro it's definitely nostalgic for me um i was in the 80s middle school high school right when it was blowing up the timing couldn't have been any better. Um, you know, after that, I fell out of wrestling. I don't watch it anymore. I've done some promotional stuff with our firm for some local stuff. I've actually, <laughs> I've had former clients who have been in the WWE and who are former NWA champions and WCW Hall of Famers, but uh, I just don't watch it anymore, man, because I I loved 90s wrestling. I loved 90s WCW, and the 90s are no more. But I'll always love it. I'll always remember it, but that's it for me. Yeah, I had a a similar thing. I mean, I wasn't as into it as you were, but I absolutely did watch some of the pay-per-views, especially those Goldberg years um, really got me into it because my good friend at the time, who eventually became my stepbrother, um, he was a big fan. And so he, I kind of, in that friend group, got me into it. And so um, I loved going and watching those. I, you know, I've got a picture of me with a Goldberg cut out and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciate it. I don't follow it anymore, but there's always a bit of nostalgia in my heart that I will have 
for wrestling and particularly WCW. This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... Will you please see what those boys are up to? Introducing WWF Wrestling Buddies. Wrestling Buddies from Tonka. Punk them, flop them. Wrestling Buddies are looking for action. Hey, fellas, what's going on? Nothing, Dad. Who do you think you are? Dad Hulk Hogan. Wrestling Buddies want to be your buddies. Nothing, dear. WWF Wrestling Buddies, new from Tonka. He's sold separately. All right, and now we're going to do the casting portion of the show. As we mentioned at the top, we're going to be recasting Dumb and Dumber. And the characters we're going to do are Lloyd, Harry, Mary, Nicholas, Joe, and JP. Um, now, you may have noticed, uh, John, you've been unusually quiet for this episode. <laughs> well, a couple reasons. One, you know, if it's a topic I'm not particularly you know, hyped on, or if we have a guest, I don't tend to talk a lot. I don't want to let the guests, you know, get their word in. Secondly, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, I did not prepare for this episode. <laughs> 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 and I completely forgot we were recording it, and I spent most of the time that they were talking about everything doing my casting because I forgot to do it. But okay. I am ready to go with a, ca- I think, a fairly strong casting. Uh, so let's right. go ahead and start with JP and Jody. You're going to start us off. All right, we'll do. Thank you, John. I want to say this: the last time I had to cast something, it was the double drag, uh, double dragon episode, yeah. which was a classic. <laughs> go back and check that one out. Uh, uh, classic. That's the word. <laughs> I was not happy with my cast when I did that. I was just I couldn't figure it out. But I, I think I have nailed it. For Dumb and Dumber, so I'm excited about this. So JP or Shay, as she's mentioned, you know, a reference sometimes in the the movie about went with an SL uh, SNL alum. She's been in a couple of different movies, uh, the Ghostbusters reboot recast, um, the Spy Who Dumped Me, a couple of other things. But she's hysterical, great comedian, great physical actor as well. And I went with Kate McKinnon. Okay, I can see that. She she's she's. Yeah, she does a lot of stuff. That's a big name for a fairly small part. It is, and most of my names are pretty big. <laughs> but okay. um, I wanted an all-star comedy cast, and that's what I'm doing for. So all of your budget is going into your casting? Every single budget, yeah. that's right. They're going to actually just improvise the whole movie because you won't be able right. to afford a writer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> Adam? Uh, I went with somebody who I've seen play kind of like the side badass on stuff um she's not always like the side like henchman like this one um but she's played like a side younger badass and i'm talking about in the movie deadpool where she played negasonic teenage warhead i picked it's younger than i think the person who played mm-hmm. um you know in, in jp but she, she's got like i think a good look like that so it's brianna hildebrand that great I, choice she does have a good a good look she might be a little young but mm-hmm. i don't you know i liked her i liked her look as negasonic mm-hmm. um yeah I, I think it could work Good yeah, attitude cool. too, like the same kind yes. of demeanor yeah. too. Yeah, she she's very very similar. I'm yeah. Not not going too far off. So I kind of casted my JP in the same vein as Adam. Um, I kind of wanted okay. somebody who looked uh, like, like a badass, who could you know I could believe is a badass henchman. And I also went with an LGBTQ actress, Ruby Rose. Oh, oh yeah, good choice. Yeah, she's she's got like a hard look to her too. Yeah. I think yeah. she's got a perfect resting bitch face. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. And she needs a job since she uh, left Batwoman. Yeah, so. <laughs> she's very true. <laughs> well, she I know she's she, I know she's been um, on a movie 
lately. So I, okay. I, okay, I just yeah. don't think she wants to do uh, TV shows anymore. Gotcha. Uh, all right, let's go to Joe. I'm just going to keep the same same roundabout uh, sure. people, so let's go back to Jody. Sure. All right. Hey, rounding out the still with the comedy actors, uh, this individual was actually in Dumb and Dumber 2, so I don't know how this works out. <laughs> the Hangover, The Daily Show, one of the correspondents there, and I went with Rob Riggle. That's a pretty good choice. That's a pretty good choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can see that. And like he was in the military, so he, yes. he'd be kind of intimidating, you know, as an assassin stuff. So yeah, I, I I think that totally fits. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm on board with that. All right. Yeah. All right, Adam. Yeah. Um. So I went with. Uh, I always. I thought Mike Starr was kind of like a big, kind of intimidating kind of guy mm-hmm. to an extent. Um. So I liked that aspect, and so I stuck with that. And I also wanted this person who I thought would pair well with my. Uh, JP because they're kind of a team on this um, and so Brianna Hildebrand she's younger but also kind of badass this guy worked well with a young badass on the show Game of Thrones but he also does some comedy stuff because he was in the show hot or in the movie Hot Fuzz so I know he can do like this kind of thing pretty damn well I went with Rory McCann who's best known as the hound the hound exactly yeah, yeah he's an intimidating guy I'd be so. I'd be interested to see how he would do in a role like this yeah it'd be good uh, all right. Uh, I actually end up going with somebody who is not necessarily known for being an actor. Uh, he is a stand-up comedian and actually has been on TV a lot as a host. He hosts a lot of uh, TV shows. But, I don't know, he kind of had the same vibe to me as, uh, as was it Mike Starr? As yeah, Mike, Mike Starr. Star. Uh, I went with Burt Kreischer. Got to look him up. Oh, you don't, if you don't know Burt Kreischer. Yeah, that is. You, how, do you, how do you spell? Uh B E R T or B E R T K R E I S H E I or Oh, he's that guy who never wears a shirt. That comedian. Yes, he never wears a shirt. <laughs> if you've never heard him talk about his Russian mafia oh. story, you have to go watch it. Okay, I've you know what? I've never really seen any of his comedy or any of that kind of stuff. I've just seen pictures of him without a shirt on. Okay, yeah, because he he does all of his stand up comedy without a shirt right. on. And I've heard he, and and he's not like a particularly great looking dude now granted he looks better without a shirt than i do so i can't complain uh all right you know but you you've got to go look up his, his stand-up okay. it's it's chef's kiss okay all right i'll have to check that out all right all right nicholas jody all right with uh nicholas i went with an individual who was uh, he's been in several big big movies uh red dragon clash of the titans um skyfall james bond movie from 2012 and he actually played the infamous Voldemort <laughs> with Ralph, is it Fiennes? Rafe, Rafe, Rafe Fiennes. There we go. Thank you. But yes, that's that's my Nicholas. Yeah. The look. I was going for the look, and I think he matches it perfectly. Um, he's one of the best bad guy actors. To to put Rafe Fiennes into <laughs> Dumb and Dumber is really strange to me. <laughs> I don't like to typecast guys, and so I'm just I'm trying to pull the best people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's like you know you're you're picking you know Oscar quality for a Monty Python, like holy shit. But I, I, I you're, I'm not gonna say no. Right. Of course yeah. not. <laughs> he wants to do it. Let him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got the money for it. That's right. All right, Adam. So I I kind of wanted to go the smarmy douche route because when I th- when I think of uh, Nicholas Andre, he just he comes across as like business douche prick i hate him and so i went with a guy who i think plays a douchebag really well he's got a douchey face in my opinion (laughs) 
but he kind of could play it pretty, pretty. I think he played exactly how I want. He's a little bit old. He's not old, but he's like around the same similar age to I think my Harry and Lloyd and Mary are. So that's kind of I stuck with that. But plenty douchey kind of guy. Uh, he, he does some comedy stuff too. I went with Dave Franco. Oh, okay. He does have a punchable face, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, doesn't he? <laughs> He yes, yeah. <laughs> so. I'm okay with that. Okay, I'm cool. I'm not overly familiar with Dave Franco stuff, but okay, that's okay. Uh, I went with a, a big name, uh, arguably my biggest name in this entire, <laughs> in my entire casting. Um, I wanted somebody who is not necessarily known for playing the bad guys, although he has played the bad guys in a few. But uh, uh, you know, when when the switch happens, I wanted it to kind of you know be a little bit of a. Surprise! I went with uh, Mr. All Right, All Right, All Right, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, wow. Okay. okay then. Uh, Oscar winning. Yes. Uh, yeah. Really good actor. Yeah. And he can play, play smarmy. I've seen that kind of shit before with him. Plus, he seems to be the type of person who might be down for something like yeah. this. He, he's made, I've seen him do like cameos and kind of, you know, parody movies, things like that before. So, yeah. Tom yeah. Cruise and Tropic Thunder, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. All right. Well, there is something about Mary, but not that movie. This other one. Uh, let's go to Mary, Jody. All right. I've already, you know, I've already broken the bank with my casting, and this is about to just quadruple that. <laughs> By far, the biggest person in my cast, The uh, Rock. He's <laughs> <laughs> the highest paid actor right now. Silver Linings Playbook, X Men: The First Class, Hunger Games. I went with mm. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> uh, I did. A- I did look at her as well. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. So yeah. I, 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 she, again, also, yeah, another great. <laughs> you're really pegging in here with these really strong. I mean, granted, I think my people are too, but I was trying to be somewhat logical. <laughs> I, I'm just picking the best cast. <laughs> okay. All right. No, no, she's good. All right, Adam, who'd you go with? I, I can't remember if I've. I think I've used this actress before. She's, uh, she's gorgeous, and I think you know. They, they didn't do much with Mary other than just her just kind of be a, being this somewhat plot device to, to for them to get them over there. Um, but it's through her looks and whatnot. Um, she's slightly older than I think um, Miss Holly was. I can't remember. Lauren Holly was when she played the, the role. But I don't think obviously it doesn't matter because she still looks the same age. Maybe says she has for like the last 20 years. I went with Jessica Alba as my Mary. OK. OK. I'm not no. mad about Jessica Alba being in yeah. anything. Nope, never. And I was particularly I'm hoping for that they keep the the skirt lift scene. I'd love to see her butt. <laughs> you don't think that they used a stunt butt for that? I it might have been a stunt butt, but that, you know what? I'm gonna call it. Jessica Alba's okay. She's got she's got a nice enough butt. She's willing to not need a stunt butt. Okay. Well, uh, let's uh, see what you think about uh, my actress and whether or not she's gonna need a stunt butt. Um, and I don't expect any uh, pushback from Adam because I know he loves this actress and she kind of has a little bit of a Lauren Holly look. I went with Emma Stone. Ah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely a fan. Very nice tight butt. Good, I think that's great. Good pick, good pick. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what her butt looks like, but <laughs> she's great wow. with comedies. She's super cute. I think she fits really well. Okay. All right. Our two main guys, Harry and Lloyd. Uh, Harry, let's start with him. All right. Uh, man, I had a hard time with this because I was trying to think of people that would pa- pair well together. Um, and then, two, trying to come up with people to fill these, like, to me, iconic comedic roles was kind of tough. But uh, this individual mm. was uh, in a HBO comedy series called Crashing. Um, I fell in love with it. I thought it was hilarious and started kind of watching some of his stand-up. I went with Pete Holmes. 
Oh, he's the. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I know him. Uh, yeah, oh, isn't that the? Yeah, he's the guy. He was on SNL, right? I don't know that he was on no, SNL. He was, I know he, he had a, he had a series of TV shows. Oh on no, I'm, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I was thinking of uh, that other guy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, no, Pete not Holmes. That guy. <laughs> Pete Pete Holmes. I've absolutely seen his face before. Yes. I've seen some of the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is funny. He, he is. is. I could. I like that. That that I think he could absolutely fit. Yeah, and you know they're also doing the new Home Alone remake, and he's going to be in that as well. Um, I believe huh. he's going to be playing the dad. I believe. Um, oh, that makes yeah, that totally fits. Yeah, but I think he would be a great Harry. Uh, his comedy, I think, works perfectly. Um, Do you, wait, so they're doing a Home Alone reboot? Do we know who they cast? Because John and I did casting, and we right? picked some <laughs> people, and I'm really curious if they tied anyone. I'm gonna have to look into yeah, that. Yeah, check Holy that crap. out. So I think that's a good call. Awesome, awesome. All right, Adam. All right. Um, I went with a guy who I've seen do a lot of funny stuff. I've, I've seen him play Goofy quite a bit. He was very goofy in uh, How I Met Your Mother, and I loved him in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's kind of big, tall, goofball guy. I want Jason Siegel as my Harry. Yeah, that's a mm-hmm. that's a, that's a a reasonable call. I, I, I would not be mad about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because uh, the kind of the cast of Jeff Daniels is a little bit unexpected, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to kind of go the same route. Although this guy has definitely done comedy, he's definitely done drama. He's 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 done everything, and I thought he might be. I looked at a bunch of other guys, but ultimately I saw this guy and I was like, you know what, he might fit, and maybe he's maybe he'd be just goofy enough to do it. I went with Donald Glover. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I, I love, I adore me some Donald Glover. Oh, yeah. And he's done, he's done goofy stuff for sure with, uh, with community and all he has, a, he has a comedic aspect to a lot of the things he does. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I, I'm not, again, it's like Ray Fiennes. I'm not going to say no uh, right. to Donald Glover <laughs> on anything. I would love right. to see that actually. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Just kind of crazy up his hair a little bit. Yeah. There you go. Yep. I think it would work. All right, our last one, Lloyd. Jody, what, what do we got? All right, this, I mean, this was extremely tough for me. I love Jim Carrey. To me, no one could replace him in this role. It's impossible. I do think some of these other characters could be recast. We'd be okay. But I think this is Jim Carrey, and it always will be. So I was trying yeah. to find someone that, to me, personally, makes me laugh out loud as much as Jim Carrey. And I don't know that a lot of people would agree on this, but to me, he's hysterical. Another SNL uh, alumni. Um, He was the star of McGruber, but where I fell in love with him, Last Man on Earth. Check it Mm. out on Hulu. It is hysterical. But I went with Will Forte. I actually looked at Will Forte at one point. He's got a similar kind of build to Jim Carrey. Yes, he does. Yeah, I can see the look. Yeah. Yeah. Look-wise, and he's got the comedy chops. I've actually, I've never seen Last Man Standing, but you're not the only one to recommend it to me. Yeah, Last Man on Earth. It's incredible. Or that's what I meant. Last Man Standing is the the, um, (laughs) Tim Allen show. Right. right. But, uh, you know, they're making Why the Last Man, and to me, like, Last Man on Earth was just like the comedic version in a way of that. Um, It's still a little different, but definitely check it out, man. It's worth it. Very cool. Cool. All right, Adam. So, yeah, same kind of thing with Jody. It's tough to replace Jim Carrey. You know, it's like you think back of when we've had to recast Robin Williams a couple yeah. times, and mm-hmm. it's it's difficult because they're they're them, and they, they, they just own the roles that they've had. This guy, I also went SNL 
into my guy. Um, I've used him before. I don't think enough people know this dude, and I'm going to keep saying he's underrated forever because he is a funny guy, and he should be running. He should just be. He should be on some real big ass sitcoms right now. But I just I don't see him enough, in my opinion. And he does a lot of good impressions, and he could do a lot of like silly voices or silly noises if he needed to. That I think would fit really well uh, with Lloyd Christmas. I went with Jay Farrow as my Lloyd. I mean, yeah, he was on SNL from 2010 to 2016. Um, like he was, he is like was their impressions guy. He does just right. really good at impressions, but he is a funny, funny guy, and I just want to see him more and more. And I, he's not a big name, but man, I think I think he would kill it. That's okay. that's, a, that's a great choice. I like that, Adam. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, so I went also with someone who is a SNL alum, although I think he was more of a writer than I think he was. Uh, an actor, but his comedy I think is really hilarious. I went with John Mulaney. Okay, mm-hmm. different, di- totally different style. I feel with a lot of stuff, but yeah. I like John Mulaney. Yeah. His his stand up is really good. Yeah, I need to see his stand up because I'll be honest with you. The, my first exposure to John Mulaney was that show he had, which almost reminded me of like a bad Seinfeld, the way it was kind of set mm. up, and it was not a good like exposure <laughs> for me to him. So I need to check out his stand up, but. Interesting, interesting. All right. Yeah. Uh, but- I, I, I'm confident in your Mulaney call, though, John. Okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Uh, before we go, Jody, why don't you uh, kind of tell everyone where they can find you and plug all your stuff and all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, guys, for having me on. I love being on with Adam and John. This is always so much fun. I am at Tall Tales Pod, and that's at Tall Tales Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Tall Tales Pod. You can also go to our website at talltalespod.com. T-A-L-L-T-A-L-E-S-P-O-D dot com. Check it out. It's a comedy show. We've got wrestlers, stand-up comedians. We do a podcast. We have live recorded shows. It's all on the website, so check it out and uh, subscribe to our pod. All right. And that was our recasting of a Dumb and Dumber movie. Please join us next time as John and Adam are joined by Joseph Garcia of the Dynamic Duel podcast to go over our top ten favorite Marvel Comics storylines. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com, and if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get